This is Around the Rim with LaChina Robinson. Today we are excited to welcome head coach of Texas A&M, Gary Blair, and Chicago Sky Guard, Sidney Colson, a member of the 2011 Aggies National Championship team to Around the Rim podcast as we are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of that 2011 championship with the Texas A&M fans who will relive the magic this Sunday while the Aggies are <clears throat> dedicating their game against Georgia to that program-changing accomplishment. Um, and that game will be played on Sunday at Reed Arena, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the SEC Network. Now, let me just start this off by saying, I was at that Final Four in 2011, Sydney and Coach, and... It was at Conseco Field House. We were in Indianapolis. And I just remember sitting there, confetti falling after the final buzzer, and you guys had won it all, taking down Notre Dame. And the confetti was green and gold. And blue. Yep. I don't know if you remember this, right? Yep. So obviously, the confetti was Notre Dame colors. And it dawned on me in that moment that no one expected you guys to win. Or to even yes. be there facing this Irish team led by Skylar Diggins, who were the favorite, at least in that arena, just down the road from South Bend. So before we get to that game, Sydney, I want you to take me back to the regular season. And there was a quote from you after you guys beat Stanford in the, in the national semifinals. You said, our team had been through so much. We have gone through so many things. We're here with so much adversity and we have so much resilience. What was that season like for you guys? Well, I think it for me, it was starting even before like our regular season. It was the summer before um, the 2011, 2010-2011 season. We had committed as players to be there in the summer for longer than we had to. Like usually we would be there to make some money, work camps like most college athletes do. Like you stay around, you take some classes to get ahead. Um, but from my freshman year to my junior year, we were progressively doing worse. Like we made it to the Elite Eight and we lost to Candace Parker's team after her shoulder got knocked out, she came back in, they beat us. And then sophomore year, we lost in the Sweet 16. Junior year, we lost the game to go to the Sweet 16. So it was just on a decline, but we were a very capable team. Like we always had pieces that should have made us compete, um, but we just weren't we weren't getting it done. And so we committed to staying over the summer. Um, people had to do individual things, but we needed to be there as teammates for one another. Um, and we lost some games that season that, that we shouldn't have. We lost to Baylor three times that year. Uh, so there were just a lot of things that we had to go through to grow as a team to even make us be prepared to excel in that game. So the adversity that you guys were facing was more of maybe the mental challenge, you would say, of getting over the hump of where you felt short in previous seasons? Short in previous seasons, and then obviously people doubting us. Um, right. That sparked something, something else in us um, yeah. as a team staff, yeah. You guys definitely played with the chip <laughs> on your shoulder. Now, Coach Blair, in 2011, um, your Aggies arguably had the toughest road to Indianapolis because you had to face and Sydney just mentioned this, the National Defensive Player of the Year, Brittany Griner, it was obviously Sims, Baylor was number one seed. Um, you had to beat them in the regional final. And as Sydney alluded to, they'd already beat you that season, not once, not twice, 
but three times coming into that game and people say, you know, can you beat a team three times? Well, they had done that and were working on their fourth. How big of a hurdle was that particular matchup between two premier Texas teams and getting your program to the final four? Well, that was very important. There is a song three times a lady Well, three times was enough. Okay. <laughs> and we felt very confident going into that game, but, Leading up to that, I'll go back to what Colson just said. The year before when we got upset by Gonzaga, the point guard was Courtney Vandersloot on that Gonzaga team. And then I think they went on Sweet 16, got beat. But I remember that game, and our kids had a chip on their shoulder after losing in that second round to Courtney, and she did Drift Crack Pro hit the girl on the backside, Frierson hit the two, and Danielle missed the shot at the end to tie. So we remember all of that, and our kids really worked hard. But when we got the next year, a junior college player is always better her second year than her first. Daniel Adams was very good as a junior. She was great as a senior. I had a senior point guard. That was Baylor had a freshman point guard, a very good one, Odyssey Sims. Skylar Diggins, when we got to Notre Dame, was young in her career. I had Sydney that was old in my career, and every now and then she would give me some gray hair during those ball games. But she was a leader. And when you go to championship ball games or to big time tournaments, it isn't just talent. You have to have the leadership. You have to have people playing their role. And we had so many people playing their role in that ball game. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to convince me about Sydney Colson because <laughs> Sid already knows this. Uh, whenever we talk about Texas A&M, whenever we talk about defense, whenever, we, whenever I get an opportunity, I let people know, listen, Colson and Carter are still my favorite backcourt ever in Division I college basketball. Like, it's not even close. And yes, it was the speed, it was the defensive pressure, but it was also their confidence. And Texas obviously is a place where, you know, we expect um, top talent, right? I mean, you look at the state and what you guys have produced going back to, to grassroots basketball. So the, the teams in the state of Texas at that time with you guys, Baylor, everybody kind of doing their thing was something we look forward to. But Sydney, I, I think back to you and, and Colson, but when you, and Carter, but when you think about that squad in terms of personnel, yes, Danielle Adams, she had 30 points in the national championship game. And at that time, that was only bested by Cheryl Swoops, who had 47 in the 96 and the 93 championship game. But wow. what was, what'd you say? I said, wow. Yeah, yeah. But what was special about the players on that team that you guys were able to take down so many giants along the way? Like, tell me about the personnel on that squad. Well, I, I just got off of a phone call, like talking about this group. And I, I, I really believe like, it sounds cliche, I'm sure a lot of people say, but we had people who bought into their roles. Like people knew I might get in a few minutes. I might not get in at all. Um, but whenever we are on the court, like I'm there to do a job. If I'm on the bench, I'm there to cheer. And I think it was really important that it didn't always have to come from our coaches. Like they had led those of us that were seniors 
since our freshman year and showed us how things should be done, how a locker room should be run, how you um, encourage, challenge your teammates. And so we didn't stand for people being on the bench and you being in your feelings, you focusing on yourself. And that's, you know, like to this day in the WNBA, I haven't played a ton of minutes all the time, but I'm never going to have people like thinking I'm having a coach Blair likes to say, woe is me moment focusing inward because it's selfish and so I think because of the selflessness of that team people came in for spots at a moment like Marianne came in for me during the Stanford game Marianne Baker I wasn't playing well she came in and she gave us a spark that I wasn't giving and when I went back in I was more prepared to do my job I, I was sat down I had to channel that focus like that was a very um I think exciting and just a lot of emotions for a lot of us that we hadn't experienced like we'd never been to the final four so you're all over the place but we had people come in do their job be encouraged be challenged and uh, and believe in their teammates and I, I really think that that was what got us to that point and got us to the championship win coach Blair you've coached a lot of great players and in, in in your time when was the moment maybe during this season that you knew this team could be special enough to get over that hump that you weren't able to get over the previous three seasons? I think every time we played Baylor, we felt like there was only a possession or so away. We were so close. We needed to learn how to win the big games, like the Gonzaga game the year before or whoever we played in the big game. We needed to learn how. Uh, the 2008 team, same thing. We were up on Tennessee by five or six to go. We couldn't finish out. Uh, Candace Parker, we would have been our first Final Four there, but this team had chemistry. And all of a sudden, Miss Colson there, you'd love her to death. She would go for the steal. Every now and then, I'd call her Olay because she would miss and somebody would have to take the charge behind her because she would go for that steal. But when she got the steal, baby, it was going North and she was putting it in the basket. So we had so many different leaders. We had Sydney Carter, who is about 50 feet behind me in practice right now, getting ready for Auburn. She's our video coordinator, just got finished having a nine year pro career. And she's still my best defensive player out in practice. That's not good. And she's 31. <laughs> but she's still my best defensive player. She still has the voice. She still has the leadership. That's what you have to have. I'm so proud of these kids for what they accomplish. And the country needed not necessarily a new champion, but they needed somebody different besides the same old five all the time. The same old five that always get about 65 to 70% of the top recruits. And then all of a sudden, I look on my team. When we played Baylor that day, I think we had one person that was recruited by Baylor out of our whole team, or Texas at the time. Sydney, of course, was recruited by Texas. She had a brother and sister play there. Uh, Alana was uh, recruited by Baylor, but the rest of them, they wanted to come to A&M and start something and finish something special. And to this day, I have not seen the whole complete tape 
of the final four game. I've seen the highlights. Everything has been in a blur going so fast. Now, I saw the Stanford game during the COVID thing three different times on TV, but they never showed the championship game of us in Notre Dame. I kept waiting yeah. for it. And, uh, but these kids have been successful off the court as well as on the court. That's what makes coaching so special. All you are is sometime an orchestra leader. You make the starting lineup, and then you watch these kids grow into women and be successful. I'm so proud of Colson, what she's doing as a spokesman for the WNBA. I just want – she's into acting now. I mm. want to be an extra in her first <laughs> sitcom that she does. I want to be – I you, want to be an extra. I don't want to be the star. I want to be you want an to be? extra. You have to make an appearance. I it have will. to do it. <laughs> but yeah. to your to I your you, to your point, only 15 programs have won the national title in women's college basketball. Only two programs have won their first in the last decade: Texas A&M and South Carolina. Now, every program wants that Cinderella story. Let me go back to Sydney Carter really quickly because, yes, I think it's awesome that she's back with your program. I also remember saying to myself when you guys were making that run, if Sydney Carter can hit enough threes, they will win. You know, and I remember some stretches in there where she got high and it was like, okay, like when they're doing this, that is when they are really at their best. But um, the road started in Louisiana for you guys where you beat McNeese State and then Rutgers. You then went on to Dallas, where you met up with Andy Landers and Georgia, and then, of course, went on to beat Baylor. And then, as we mentioned before, Indianapolis beating Stanford and Notre Dame. And I do also want to add that your team had to beat multiple number one seeds to get to the final dance, um, including Baylor and Stanford. Only 12 other teams have had to beat multiple number one seeds to win it all. So you guys definitely had a hill to climb. We only have a few minutes left before we before we go. So I want to go back to the final four, to those two games. And you can pick either Stanford game, Notre Dame, something that happened in between. But what is one memory that you will be excited to share when you guys are all together on Sunday remembering the 2011 National Championship run? Sydney, I'll start with you. One memory. I mean, I think mine has has to be the the win because um, I mean we got that moment where like all of that emotion swells up inside of you when you know there's not enough time for the team to come back okay it's, it's ours and then coach subs out you know the starters the seniors um, and you get that moment to hug the coaches to hug your teammates and just like a sigh of relief like we did it like Nobody, not a lot of people were expecting it besides like that corner group inside of Conseco Fieldhouse where you see all the maroon compared to everybody else who was either there for Notre Dame or the other, you know, teams that were that were knocked out. But it was awesome to be able to share it with um, like that small group of people in there and have that wrong color confetti fall. But it didn't matter at that point because, you know, we were victorious and we were we were the champs. So. I think I think that'll be big for me being with our fans. How about you, Coach Blair? A couple things. When the blue, green, and gold confetti came down, I kept thinking if Gino would have been in that game, it would have been like Trump and Biden. 
there would have been a revolution. And still to this day, the NCAA hasn't admitted they've made a mistake. Okay. They haven't admitted that. The next thing, being on the stage afterwards will Holly Roll, and she was saying, how does it feel to be a national championship? And I had Colson on one side, Carter on the other. They started digging at me. Coach, do the Dougie. Do the Dougie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, so I get the white man can't dance. That's what I was doing. I was doing the Dougie the best way I knew how. But the feeling <laughs> that you have for your kids and for all the people that were watching, particularly Aggies that were serving in Afghanistan or in Europe, all the people back home and for the thousand fans that came with us to watch that game. I'll never forget it. Uh, it's going to be special. It's going to be special this Sunday when we will have 11 out of 15. We have two that are still playing overseas, Danielle and Ador Lanu are in Spain and Israel. But we will have 11 of them here. So, but we're in a wobble or a bubble, and we're not going to be able to do the things that you normally would have championship teams do. But they're going to be excited, and our team is going to play very hard for them against Georgia in that game. Well, we will be with you in spirit. Um, I can't say enough what your national championship meant to so many of us who have felt like underdogs in any aspect of life because you look at the Final Four and there was UConn, there was Stanford, there was Notre Dame, and then there was those Aggies. And you guys were left standing at the end. And it was just a moment of encouragement for anyone who's ever, ever felt like, you know, I mean, the odds were stacked against you, right? We hear about the Yukons and Tennessees and all these other programs, but I really do believe that you guys have inspired the South Carolinas in the world and the Mississippi States, obviously, that have gone on to the Final Four, even though they, they haven't won any. Like those programs that look to make their mark on the national stage, you guys really gave them all hope and something to believe in. So we hope you celebrate big on Sunday. We will be with you in spirit. Thank you guys for taking us back. Congratulations. And um, what do you say? Is it go Aggies? We have me, what is, what's the cheer? Oh, I no, need to know. Get it done. That's right. <laughs> oh, you just going to show flash the ring. Okay. Cool. I, got, I have one just available there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Do it to Dougie one more time for us. That was the, what, what was that look? You got to go. You got to go. You got to hold the phone there. You got to come and you got to come and you got to move it all around. And it was round two. It was actually, you know, if LaChina, if it, if there had been a shave room back then, it probably would have been on there, but it was on world star him doing that priceless. And it was on ESPN every morning at eight o'clock when they flash all things. And I got more bad press off of my dancing <laughs> abilities than I ever had. Oh but, my God. Hey, it that was is fun. great. Woo. That's a good looking Dougie. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you, Latrina. And I'm also, I gotta say, I'm so, um, you know, I already tell you, but let me just say it on the podcast. So appreciative for you and all that you do for women's basketball and for young girls wanting to get into um, journalism, journalism, sports reporting, commentating, whatever. Like, you you know, back then when I was still in school, like I 
came and talked to you, I was like, I want to do what you're doing. Like, you're inspiring. And so it was you and Ross for me who like set the tone. So I'm so glad that you're still doing that. So you and coach are huge for, for women's basketball. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Well, I knew you needed to be in front of the camera. I still have hopes that you'll get into sports broadcasting, but <laughs> I am 110% in on the comedian, actress, all of the above. I just know your face needs to be on the big screen and I will be there when you win your first major award and I'll be like, yes, I knew it. So I'm proud of you too and keep going after your dreams. You. We're all cheering for you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Around the Rim. Check out more podcasts from ESPN on the ESPN app.